Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And like I say with every episode, we've got a great one for you. And here's the cool part. This is a special one. This is a milestone one. This is interview number 200 that we did this year. And when I say 200, some are like, I mean, we do a couple other podcasts that have to do with Mm -hmm. music. So some are them's all combined, but we've done 200 interviews after this one this year since we launched on January 3rd. So we're really excited about that. And we've got Molly Coday coming on, and she's doing some great things in music, and she's got a great sound, and we definitely look forward to talking a little bit about her story and and talking about music. So, Molly, are you here? Yep. Hey, guys. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are y'all? Doing good. Doing great. So I always like to start out the same like I do in every interview at this time oh, of yeah. year um, with the big elephant in the room. You know, how has COVID affected you and how are you getting through it? Oh, man. I mean, who could have expected this? It's crazy. I feel like nothing, let alone in my lifetime, I feel like the world has never seen such a thing. But um, I've been able to do lots of songwriting I've picked up guitar this past year, so it's given me, like, mm-hmm. so much time to perfect that. And then I just feel like I've had a lot of personal growth, trying to keep a positive mindset through it all. I mean, of course, there's lots of negatives, but there's so many positives that have come out of this, and I'm just trying to focus on that, you know? Yeah, and we we get that, too, because, like, when we first started our show – we started um, – our original plan was 80 to 100 interviews first year, which would be really good. But when COVID <laughs> happened, I saw opportunity because artists are going to – I knew immediately artists were going to need a place to talk, and we would give that to them. And I told Sandy, since this is our first year, this may be our time to shine. And that's what we did. We've stepped it up, and because of that, you are our interview number 200 this year. Yeah. So awesome. <laughs> But now the goal is 300 for the year. <laughs> yeah, working on 300. <laughs> Y'all can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> You've got this far. <laughs> so um, before we really dig deep, I always like to start light. So what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? Well, I love traveling. I have an impulsive urge to travel, which is really bad, but also really good because it brings <laughs> some really – amazing experiences and I'm lucky to have friends that live like all over the U.S. friends from high school friends from childhood that have just moved off and so I get to visit them and then um yeah I just like to travel in my free time I went to the beach a couple times this summer which is always the best I love the beach and then (laughs) otherwise I like reading I'm reading a book right now called Boundaries and I'm trying to soak up everything in that it is such a good oh, that's book. A good book if you haven't read it yes I recommend it to anyone it is it's great I need to finish it but yeah those are some of my hobbies and, and you know you're talking about the beach that I'll be honest you know we're moving to um, Nashville next year and we live mm-hmm. in Savannah Georgia and we go to Jacksonville Florida Beach a lot we go to Charleston Beach a lot and yeah. I'm a beach, and that's mm-hmm. probably going to yeah, be my hardest part of moving to Nashville mm-hmm. is leaving the beach behind. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 
but there's so much more in Nashville that we need to be around, so it's worth it. <laughs> right. Right. There's pros and cons. You got to have a balance. Yeah. So what would you know? What would you say is something quirky about you? Hmm. Something quirky about me. Well, I don't know if I have. I mean, I'm. I do have quirks, of course, but something about me that some people might not know is I have a twin sister. And huh. yes, we're we're not identical. That's the first question people ask. We're fraternal. <laughs> we are we're polar opposite, but in the best way. I would not be who I am if it wasn't for my sister who is totally, totally different from me. But I'm honestly I look up to her even though I'm eight minutes older. She's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <I love> <laughs> So, um, what was the what was the moment where you looked in the mirror and thought, "This could be a career"? Because you know, a lot of people will ask, wh- wh- "How how long have you known you wanted to do, do music?" And mm-hmm. of course, most people it's young. But I like to know when when did it click that this could actually be a career? Right. Well, you know, I started doing music more seriously when I was fourteen. And I saw it as a potential career then, but, I mean, I was in high school. I live in Texas. Like, not too much opportunity to make something out of it at that age. But then last year I spent a few months in Nashville, and I realized that I could actually make a career out of songwriting, which is where my heart is. And I was just, yeah, I was just surrounded by people that I really respect and trust in the industry, and they supported me and gave me some really – great encouragement and so I mean it's really been about a year that I've realized that I could make songwriting a potential career and that's something I would absolutely love to make you know a reality wow and that's that's really good and and again you know I think that's smart too because there's so many artists out there and nowadays if you notice that there's a lot a lot of the bigger artists they start songwriting build that mm-hmm. base and then they move into the, being an artist Right, right. I just love I love the part of a song that like lets you tell a story, and I just feel like I can relate to that so much more mm-hmm. than you know just being just being an artist. Like I just want the song to be mine underneath it all, and so I would love to start out just like writing and writing and writing and build it into my artist career. Yeah, we recently had a guy that pretty much just all he does is songwrite is Frank Myers on. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And he's he's the one behind the song I swear. Mhm. And it was really interesting, you know. So when we bring on people who are mainly songwriters, it's always interesting. But we love it because, like you said, without without the song itself, the writers, um, you wouldn't have music, and right. it's so powerful. And, and I think and and songwriters, to be honest with you, they get cheated by the system, you know, mm-hmm. you know, because they don't, you know. The only way artists now make money is really through touring, and nice. songwriters get none of that. So, yeah. you know, when it comes to Spotify and all the other systems, I mean, they songwriters in general just get cheated. I mean, artists they kind of get cheated too, but songwriters they yeah. really get cheated, and that that kind of sucks to be honest with you. It does. <laughs> yeah. Because I, you know, I believe in the songwriters so much, and you want to see that, and hopefully things change down the road. 
Um, and, yeah. and maybe they will, you know, you know, we just need some things to change within the songwriting genre. Cause I tell you, we, we need songwriters and we need them to be able to live right. off of it. Right. Right. The song, the song is where it all begins. The song is what, you know, it's all about. So who's been some of your musical influences? Well, when I was growing up, I, I feel like I was only around Christian radio. And so mm-hmm. I grew up on the Isaacs. Have you guys heard of the Isaacs, the family group? Sounds familiar. I may have it if does. I heard them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're just, they're a family group and they harmonize. And that was my thing. I was like, oh, well. I don't want to harmonize like that. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, I grew up on the Isaacs. They had the sweetest songs and, um, but as I grew older, I really grew a respect and a love for country music. And so mm-hmm. I really love what Kelsey and Dan and Shay are doing in the country mm-hmm. pop world. I would say those are my main influences right now. You know, back in 2015, we actually interviewed Kelsey at Ballerini. We mm-hmm. did. Yeah. Well, in that, the was, beginning. that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, before she really was, it was. Before, people, before she was Kelsey, as you could say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, before you knew her first name. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Which is pretty cool. <clears throat> so as you know, like I said earlier, it's really a tough for artists to make it and songwriters to make it. And and I think fans, they see the glory of like a Kelsey and a Blake and a Miranda and a Carrie and all that. But they don't see the grind, the sacrifices, the struggles, the tears that comes mm-hmm. with the artist. And Absolutely. I always like to talk about that side too because I think that it don't get talked about. In fact, almost nobody talks about this side of it. And I don't know why mm-hmm. when it's such an important side goes, you got to have both. I mean, you got the glory, yeah, but you got the other side too. And I just think oh, yeah. it needs to be talked about. So I'm going to tell a quick story that will help guide us where I want this to go, and then we'll talk about that. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steele Girls, and back then they were full-time with music. And I asked Allison, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? And she said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She said, because the day you want it to be a career – you no longer own your life. It says everybody owns a piece of your life at that point um, as you grow in, in this crazy world. She said that your friends and relatives, they never understand because they invite you to weddings, to weekends, to holidays, to birthdays. But you've got to say no because you're gigging. You're, you know, especially at the beginning, you're really trying to pump, the, pump that grind out there to build your base, <clears throat> and they don't understand that. Then your family has to sacrifice, you know, not just the artist. Then you you have days where you don't want to do anything, but if you got a gig that night, you got to smile, get on that stage and smile like there's no tomorrow. And then she added, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in. That's the only way those kind of sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that a little bit. I couldn't agree more. I think she said it so well. If it, if music's something you love and you were made to do it, then you've got to do it. Like your heart just won't let you do anything else. And you individually, you just know that inside of you. You just have that, you know, that pull that won't go away unless you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you try other things, it just doesn't click. But I understand, you know, making it a hobby 
it's going to prevent burnout and it's mm-hmm. going to prevent you from doing those things that she said. But that's just how it is. If you can't do anything else, then you just can't. And you feel it, you yeah. feel it inside of yourself and the feeling will kill you, you know, the what if. So <laughs> I, I went to college taking a leap of faith mm-hmm. because I mean, I went to college in the Midwest, not near music at mm-hmm. all. And it was, I mean, I'm saying it's a leap of faith because I knew that I wanted to do music, but I got there and I mm-hmm. had no outlet at all for it. Like mm-hmm. I would do it when I could, where I could, well, but I still felt, you know, that longing, that longing. And that's when God mm-hmm. opened the door for me to go to Nashville. And that's when I oh, found well. my love for songwriting. So it's just, it's all about the journey just as much as it is the destination, I think. And I love that you talked about God opened that door because, you know, yes. we never know where we never know where any of these interviews are going to go. And and we are hardcore Christians, and we love it when artists are not ashamed to mention the word God because in this day and time, some are, and it's just you know, Absolutely. and we're just mm-hmm. it's just exciting to see such a young person that's willing to step out on that faith. Yeah. Well, thank you. So what are um, so, as you know, uh, like I said, we talked about the sacrifice a little bit. Um, let's go the other way now, the glory side. So in your career so far, what are some moments where you're like, wow, i got to do that? <laughs> um, let's see. I feel like I got to do some really cool things when I was younger, whenever I was really going after it. Like I mentioned earlier, when I was 14, I was in this singing program that got me – some really cool opportunities. I got to perform at Disneyland, which was really mm-hmm. fun. At 14 years old, performing at Disneyland, oh, it's wow. like, whoa, I got, I got to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, so that was fun. And then let's see, when I was still in high school here, I live in currently, and I was 17, and I placed as a semifinalist for the Nash Next competition, which is, um, mm-hmm. I want to say it's KSCS possibly, and the Wolf or 99.5 something but um that, so that was a cool moment for me but otherwise it's just whenever I was I was living in Nashville last year I got to work with just really creative like-minded people and that was something that I had never experienced before and we just clicked and that that gave me that feeling of like wow I, I can do this and like I can make my life out of doing this every single day is getting to work alongside creative like-minded people so what do some of your high school friends think about all this? Oh, man. My high school friends, well, I mean, I met some high school friends doing music, which so they're mm-hmm. super supportive. And then, honestly, the friends that I chose were creative just because yeah. I feel like creatives are attracted to other creatives just naturally. <laughs> so, yeah. Actually, one of my best friends is a photographer, and she lives in Utah now, but she grew up with me here in Texas. And so she actually shot the cover photo for my recent single. So that was really fun, getting to work oh, with wow. a high school best friend. But, yeah, I mean, my town that I live in is just outside of Dallas, and this is where I went to high school. And so, I mean, the average classmate isn't going on the same track that I am, and so it's definitely mm-hmm different and some people just don't understand it but I'm glad that I surrounded myself with friends who kind of think the way I do so that they can support me and that's great that you're willing to move forward like that because 
you know, I've got friends of mine that are, say, 10, 15 years in their career. And I always like, and sometimes I like to tell this story because I want pe- parents, especially parents, to hear this. Mm-hmm. So I've got friends of mine that are like 10, 15 years in their career. And we're talking not like artists, but a traditional career. And they're miserable. Right. And you sit down with them and you talk to them and you're like, how can you be miserable? You know, you got, you got this great lifestyle, you got this great um, family, you got this great career. And then oh. some of them, well, if they're honest, will actually say, you know, uh, the career is the problem. And I'm always mm-hmm. like, uh, how can the career be the problem? You went to four, six, eight years of college for this, to, for this passion. And they're like, well, I never really had that passion. <laughs> so that my <laughs> friends or my guidance counselor or my parents, who, whoever, um, guided mm-hmm. me this way because my passion, they said, couldn't make money. And this was where the money's at. So now they're 10, 15 years in their career, and they've had nothing but regrets because they've had this, these other passions that they didn't ever right. pursued, and they're miserable because of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't live with that what if. And you just have to follow you know, your gut, and you can't settle. I think that's what it is. You just can't settle, and you have to just have mm-hmm. faith, ultimately. <laughs> yeah, because like I always tell people, I would rather die broke knowing that I'm trying to build this brand yeah. than to wonder what if. Totally. What if will kill me? Totally. <laughs> totally. And, and I guess really the what if is really bad on creatives. I mean, I guess. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I guess other because to me, even a business owner is a creative. I mean, they might not see themselves as creative, but if you start a business, you're creative. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. But you know, but it's been a fun journey and all that, and you know, and we definitely understand what y'all are going through. Too, because we're chasing the same dream y'all are chasing, but on a different level, on a different platform, base, so to speak. Mm-hmm. We want to be the Bobby Bones and the Ty Bentleys, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll come back and play your song "Keep to Myself." And we're going to talk about the song. How's that? Awesome. All right, hang on the line. Hey everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. And I'm wondering what it 
we're not in front of my mama's house If you don't tell us where I'll tell anyone else You got me keeping secrets that I'm not afraid to keep to myself Really great song. Great song. Thank Love you. it. Oh, thank you. So, so tell us a little bit of story behind the song. How did it come together? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, this, I wrote this song when I was living in Nashville. So to give you a backstory, I was living in Nashville for four months last year, August through Thanksgiving, um, just to do songwriting and performance just with a group of people. And so I was walking to my apartment one day in this line, go ahead and kiss me on the sidewalk like we're not in front of my mama's house. She's talking to my mind with that rhythm, and I was like, okay. And so I went inside, and I just sat down, and I just wrote the song, and then in there I just finished writing it that afternoon. And then I got with a friend, and he just put some chords to it, and then it just came to be. And it was mm-hmm. super awesome just because, it was a, such a special moment. I feel like in my life, those four months and this song came out of that. And so it just reminds me of that. And I just feel like it's kind of like a launching pad into my career. And I'm really proud of it. Oh, well, love that. Now, as you know, um, when fans see the artist, they don't see the behind the scenes people. And I'll be honest, I don't, I don't think they get enough love out there. So I always like to give artists a chance to talk about the team. So, you know, because, you know, fans, they don't see the PR people. They don't see managers, producers, or none of that. They just see the artists. So so take a couple minutes and tell us the team behind you that helped you be who you are. Yeah. Well, Trevor Perkins is such a sweetheart, and he set this up for me, so I'm super thankful to him. <laughs> yeah, he's and awesome. Then, uh, he's, he's awesome. And then the staff at the Contemporary Music Center, I have to shout out to. That's where I was in Nashville, and those are the people that got around me and just encouraged me and supported me, and I feel like that's where I've written my best songs and became, like, my best self to date was around those people. And then mm-hmm. uh, Samantha Funderlich, Samantha I have to give a shout-out to as well on my team. She is she's an artist manager, and she just is the most encouraging and business-oriented, people-oriented girl I know. And so, yeah, those are some people I'd love to give a shout-out to. They're awesome. Yeah. So what does your parents think about all this is happening? You know, my – so I grew up in a really musical family. My extended family oh, wow. is very musical. And then so is my mom. My mom is a music teacher, actually, at an elementary school. <laughs> And then as soon, as soon as she gets home, she teaches piano and voice lessons to, like, 20 students a week. So the way yeah. I grew up around it is, you know. But so she, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, of course, too, and so there's a stigma around the music industry that mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not a God-centered thing, but I really feel like, and what I, what I think my mom has grown to think, too, mm-hmm. is that it doesn't matter if it's not a God-centered in, industry because you can the bring people it with going you. into the 
Exactly. The people going into the industry is what makes up the music scene. And so if I'm going into that, then I can just be a light to the people around me. Mm-hmm. And she knows that I have a good head on my shoulders and she believes in me and she, mm-hmm. she encourages me. So she's definitely come to a place to just support me and encourage me, which I'm really so thankful for. And, you know, talking about that, that's one of the things that I'll be honest makes me cringe about the Christian community is we're a big part of that. But, you know, a lot of times if you've got a great voice and you're singing at church, people's like, oh, that's where you need to be. That's where God wants you. And I just don't believe – I could be wrong, but I don't believe that God gives people a great voice to keep it in the, back, in the walls of a church. I just I don't agree. believe that. I believe that if he gives you that kind of talent, then he expects you to get out there and share it with the world. As long as you yeah. gra- as long as you are mentally and spiritually grounded. I agree. I agree. Yeah. <clears throat> and I love that because again, you know, that's one of the biggest things I see. I mean, we we go to a lot of different churches, and there's so many great people that are in, and many great people that are big. That's where they came from, the church mm-hmm. background. You know, so it's a really great start and foundation to build from. Definitely. <clears throat> so, um, as you, uh, you know, one thing we like to do on our show too is bring our little eight-year-old. We kind of, you know, talk, you talked about the team, but we kind of have a co-host, a third party, yes, you, so we to speak. Do. So, <laughs> so we're going to bring little Chris right. on to ask his question. <laughs> awesome! I can't wait. And when when our daughter gets old enough, she's eighteen months now. Believe me, when she gets older, we'll be plugging her in the show too. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here's Christopher with his question. What's, what's her name? Hi, Molly. <laughs> what's your favorite food? Hi, Christopher. Um, I'm going to unashamedly say that Chick-fil-A is my favorite food, if that counts. I don't know if I can take <laughs> one food, but I'm going to say Chick-fil-A. I <laughs> love awesome. that. What's yours, Lucas? Pizza. Oh, pizza's great. Pizza's great. You can't go wrong with pizza. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He can eat it Bye, all day long. He comes and goes quick, but he can eat pizza all day long. Yes, and he everything. does. Oh, yeah. He loves pizza. <laughs> so that's, that's awesome. <laughs> now, tell us a parent story to where they did – and, again, you probably got thousands, thousands of these stories. But tell us a parent story that kind of stands out where they went above and beyond on – around your career and you were like wow they get this is my passion and purpose in life yeah I feel like I have a perfect story for that I feel like I keep (laughs) talking about this moment that I moved to Nashville but so much happened in those four months when I was there um Mm -hmm. but anyways when I told my mom that I wanted to move there I Mm -hmm. really I really expected like so much doubt and just a bunch of questions Uh like are you sure? And all this stuff. But <laughs> I told her, I told her and she didn't even, she didn't even hesitate just because oh, well. I feel like she just came to a moment where she was like, she disagreed with me and she believed in me. She already knew. And she, she already knew. It was amazing. I, I honestly was in shock and I was like, okay, I feel like this is what I'm supposed to do since everything mm-hmm. is aligning like this. <clears throat> I love that. Cause you know, not every artist, has the backing of their parents so it's really great when you see some that do because what we've seen out there 
and and, not, and of course, artists to make it don't have to have that backing. But what we have seen is it it, it gives that extra ump to the artist mm-hmm. who does have that Absolutely. backing. Absolutely, I agree. So if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? And you know what? We'll, we'll take it a step further. Pick one de- one person who's passed on and one person who's alive. Oh, man. That is <laughs> – oh, that's kind of hard. There's so many good writers out there. Mm-hmm. I'm, I have this crazy obsession with Elvis Presley. Oh, wow. <laughs> I just I would love to be around him for a day, writing or not. Mm-hmm. Like him, him I would write with, or whoever's dead, alive. Mm, I'm gonna have to go with Nicole Galleen. I think that she is incredible. She is a great, um, what do you call it? Example of a woman mm-hmm. in the songwriting industry, yeah. and she's written so many hits. Like she wrote. So much on the last Kelsey album, Tequila by Dan and Shay. She's just, I think she is killing it, and I would absolutely. That is really awesome. Now, there's probably a thousand answers to what I'm about to ask, but just think of something that kind of pops in your head at at first. Um, But what's a song that you've heard and you're like, wow, I wish I wrote that? Oh, my. There are so many, so many songs that flooded to my head. I will tell you, I will tell you the one that's most recently been on my heart because I can't stop listening mm-hmm. to it. It's it's the recent Kaylee Hammock album. It's Looking for a Lighter off of that album. I huh. love that song. I love that song. That is, that's going to be my answer. <laughs> you know, just a few days ago, Kaylee came on our show. Oh, Wow. Yes, on Tuesday we had her on the show. She was awesome. She is awesome. Now, it took me a lot to get her, but we got her. (laughs) (laughs) She's great. I love fellow fellow redhead in the industry, so I'm all for it. (laughs) So what song of yours would you say means the most and why? Hmm. Well, I only have one song released right now, but I've written mm-hmm. I've written a handful, um, well, more than a handful. And I would say that there's a song that I wrote about a year ago that, mm-hmm. like, you, you, hear, you hear the saying that, like, music heals and everything, but this was a song that yeah. made it so real for me. I just sat down and I wrote this song. It's called Addicted. And mm-hmm. I wrote this song about a relationship that I was trying to get over and it's just like something that was stuck in my head and I couldn't get it out of my head. But I sat down and wrote this song and the moment I performed it for the first time, it was like healing almost, which is crazy Mm -hmm. that music can do that. But the words and just like the getting it out there, it changed Mm -hmm. me. And so I would say that song I wrote called Addicted. Yeah. Now from a listener standpoint, Sandy's got a story about, a healing of music. Oh wow! Oh yes, yes. As in my high school days and stuff, in junior high, I was bullied a lot. I had a lot of anxiety and depression back then, and mu- music was what helped get me through. That's what started my lifelong <laughs> love of music. Was it, it helping me get through the time period back then? That's incredible. That is just—it's so amazing how it can do that. I love that. Oh, yes. 
so and, healing. And, and so she's powerful. had this dream to be around music all her life. And it's funny because when me and her yes. first married back almost 18 years ago, I was one of these people that wanted to be a speaker, and I listened to audios all day long. She listened to music all day long, wanted to be part of music in some form. And we came together, and it was like, okay, we had to compromise because um, you can't, in the car you kind of can't listen to both. Um, at least back then you couldn't. And um, so we agreed on a 50-50 split, and I always kind of joked that she – she kind of brainwashed me in all this music stuff, but I'm all in now because I understand the power of the healing of music. I didn't understand about it back then, of right. the power of music, but I understand it now. And 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 it's funny how God works things out because all these years I've wanted to speak, and I just didn't realize He was going to have me do it in a different way. I had this right. idea I'll be on the stage in front of thousands of people. Little did I know that he was going to combine my passion of speaking, Sandy's passion of music, under the umbrella of the Chris and Sandy show. That's wild. That's awesome. He's really in the details. I love that story. <clears throat> and you just you just never know because, again, you know, when we look back on our past and our history and all that, and even since we've been married, we're like everything that's led up to this moment is for this very moment. And I'm sure you feel that yeah. way too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So in those moments where, like we talked earlier, where where you can be frustrated, you know, every artist has those moments where there's a fork in the road, and they could go either way. You know, they, they have this big dream, this desire, and they feel like this is God's calling. They, they, they just know it is. But then – you then at the same time you also feel like is this ever going to go? It's like you're pushing and you're pushing. It's like you're hitting a brick wall. In those moments, what do you do or what drives you? That deep feeling inside that helps you get through those moments. Right. That that is so relatable, so common, because I mean it's really hard to keep your head up in those moments and in those like seasons of life, if you will, but. I mean, the, the whole thing about having faith and something bigger than you is the biggest yeah. driving force because, like, we can we can think that we know what's going to happen tomorrow or we can have all these <laughs> situations planned out in our head that may or may not work, but it's, like, when it comes down to it, only God knows what even the next minute looks like. And he knows, yeah. like, what the next year looks like. And it's, it is really, really hard to trust that. But you have mm-hmm. to, you have to step out in faith and just rely on. I feel like the experiences that you've had in the past and just the trust that you have in God and what He's done for you before, trust that He's mm-hmm. going to do it again. That song "Do It Again" by Elevation Worship was my anthem for a yep. little bit in my life, where I was, <laughs> I was at a cross, I was at a crossroads, and um, that's that's what I had to do, and that's just what I do every time I get to that place. And, you know, the perfect verse for all that is Galatians 6, 9. Do not get weary in doing good, for in due season you'll reap if you don't lose heart. Right. Amen. And that's the, hard, and that's the hardest part. And, and, and it doesn't have to even be music. It could be any type of dream or vision that you get from God. You know, the hardest part is keeping that, that um, keeping it lit long enough. To where God can work in you so that you mm-hmm. can pursue this. Because, because again, I, I watch so many people, they got these dreams and goals and all of that, and then they get beat up by the system. They get beat up by life. They get beat up by relationships. They get beat up 
by just everything, and then all of a sudden those dreams start to fade, and now they're living that life of quiet desperation. Mm-hmm. Right. So true. And that's why, and that's why I always like to ask people how how they get through those moments because everybody has those moments. Everybody does. Yeah. And oh, yeah. those are the t- those is really I think what separates the men from the boys and the women from the girls. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Or you know, talking back now on music a little bit, um, this past February made the five year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. Mm-hmm. And I always like to talk a little bit about this story because I want artists to kind of open up and think about this question before I ask them. Um, because I'm, I always ask this question to every artist. Um, and that, because the answer she gave us five years ago is almost to the T of what she's living right now. And it's amazing to watch that she knew where she was going. She had that vision. And all that, and I believe that you've got to know where you're going if you're going to, if you ever have any chance of getting there. So knowing yeah. all that, where do you want to be in five years? In five years, I want to be writing better songs than I am right now. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be working alongside other writers who, you know, will sharpen me because. You you can't be around people who are worse than you. Like, it's just not going to get you anywhere. So I definitely want to yeah. be able to be in rooms where there's people who are better than me all the time. Like, I'm not scared of that. I want, I want that because that makes you better. And then mm-hmm. hopefully in five years I'll become one of those writers, and I'd love to have a cool cut or two by then. That is really awesome. Now let's say you're 5, 10, 15 years down the road, you are a success. Whatever that is, you're a success. And let's say the person you are now could meet your future self. What would you tell her? I would tell myself what my mom tells me now. She, <laughs> I would tell her, I hope you never settled, and I hope you're happy. Because, you, I mean, you can choose some things in your life, and you can choose whether to settle or whether to be happy. And I would tell my future self, I hope you're where you need to be, and I hope you know that you're where you need to be and not so confused. I love that. You know, because sometimes when you ask that question, sometimes it confuses people a little bit because they're used to people asking, what would you tell your past self? And mm-hmm. we like to go the other way because I like, I like to see answers that what would you tell your yourself if you were successful? What would you tell that person? Yeah. So, you know, I always like to go that way because I think so it's, it's definitely been interesting the answers and you know that we get because I think it's important to know what you would tell yourself in the future because mm-hmm. that'll help you see that this is what you need to live right now. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that is so good. That is so true. <laughs> so let's say you had a friend of yours, male or female, don't matter, and you heard him or her sing, and let's say there's definitely something special there, and let's say they've played twenty, thirty. 40 shows so far, so they're still getting their feet wet on that side of the things. Um, but they've gotten on stage, and they got what every artist says, that stage bug where they look over the crowd, and the crowd's roaring for them. And they know that they're in the right place. And they come to you, and they say, Molly, 
I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. I, I know that this is what I am called to do. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Mm. I would say that you have to kind of, you have to appreciate those moments for sure, but you also have to realize that those moments are not everyday life. You have to realize everything that comes with it, and you have to commit to the sacrifices that you're going to be making, and you have to commit to being consistent and disciplined for sure. And then I would also just say that you need to, you can't be happy where you're at right now. You have to look ahead and you have to do the work every day to get there because otherwise it's just going to remain a dream. Um, and I also just say to stay humble because I think that is so huge and nobody, nobody wants to be around somebody who's, you know, not that way. <laughs> I love that. Really great advice there. Uh, you know, as an independent artist, you probably have other friends that are chasing the same crazy dream like you. So who are mm-hmm. one or two people that people should know? Oh, of my friends? Yeah. Okay. I would definitely say Real Faith. His name is Andrew Tyson, but he does music under Real Faith. And his slogan <laughs> is giving – Oh, what is it? It's something about the human experience. He is just, he's the most interesting person I've ever met, but like in the best Mm -hmm. way. Like I've never met another person like him and his songs are like so honest and so out of the usual, but um, he goes by real faith. I highly recommend that you go listen to his music. I've, I've showed all of my friends' music and everybody, everybody loves him. You you can't not love real faith. (laughs) (laughs) Is <laughs> there anybody else that you'd recommend? Let's see. I'm trying to think of – I have so many friends who are working on putting out their debut stuff right now. Oh, you know what? I have a friend based out of California named Peyton. I actually grew up with her. She lived um, right across the street from me, and then she moved to California. Mm-hmm. But she does music under the name – Peyton, but take out the A and the O. So it's just P-Y-T-N. And she is a singer-songwriter with one of the best voices that I've ever heard. She is awesome. Oh, wow. That is really awesome. I love I love to hear other artists that will that have artist friends that are all going the same direction. Because like you said, you know, you, we all have to go the same direction if we're ever going to get there. Because a team is a lot better than the I, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure. <clears throat> So, as we come to a close here, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Mm-hmm. Well, I listen to a lot of – I do listen to Bobby Cast and all of those podcasts. And something that I wish that I could always hear from, like, artists and songwriters I look up to is the things that – got them to where they are now, the things that were the moments that they knew that they were supposed to do this, and mm-hmm. just, like, the low moments when they thought that it was the end, but they didn't give up, and, like, what kept them going, just because I feel like that's so relatable, but I do feel, I feel like you guys ask those questions, but those are yep. the questions I really And I love that. And see, that's what we, this question that we just asked you is the question that we built our foundation on. Mm-hmm. In fact, like, yeah. um, like I remember about a hundred episodes back, 
yeah. that we asked um, a girl named Francelle what the same question, and one of, and her mm-hmm. answer was, I just wish people would ask me what's quirky about me, and we love yeah. that so much that that's been in every so so basically our whole show has been built around what artists have told us and that's some awesome. things that we threw in there that we would want to hear, and that's what we try to do is we're trying to bring on a show that. The 60 minutes that's valuable, but also at the same time that the artists would enjoy. And that's what we've tried yeah. to do. That is so awesome. Well, I've definitely enjoyed hanging out with you guys. <laughs> well, we've enjoyed it too. So if you want to tell everybody how yes, they can reach you. Yeah, of course. You guys can come hang out on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. My username is Molly Cody on all three of those. And then check out my website, which is mollycode.com. And Molly is spelt with an I-E, not a Y. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. And, you know, we definitely enjoyed having you on today, and we look forward to having you back down the road. Thank you guys so much. It was so much fun to chat with y'all. All right, thanks, and you have a great thanks. day. Thanks. Thank you. You guys, too. Talk to you later. All right, bye. All right. Bye. Bye.